The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Today's edition of Alberta Matters focuses on immigration to Canada and more specifically to Alberta and the Edmonton area. In studio this afternoon, I'm joined by Basil Saeg, a Syrian refugee who came to Edmonton three and a half years ago, as well as one of his personal sponsors, Dr. Matthew Kostelecki, a professor in the Department of Philosophy at St. Joseph's College at the University of Alberta. Welcome, both of you. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thanks. Uh, Saeg, I, I guess I want to first off, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, as, uh, as, as someone who is new to this country, three and a half years to, to see the controversy surrounding uh, the Prime Minister that's unfolded over the past 24 hours, what is, what is your thought? What are your thoughts? Uh, actually, I'm not really good with politics, but when I first came three and a half years ago, everybody told me that without Justin Trudeau, you would never be here. So I'm, I don't know what to say. So I guess he has some uh, acknowledge to say thank you to them. Uh, he's made mistakes, and uh, now it's you know you have yeah to, yeah. Um, I'm curious to know you came you came to Canada from Aleppo, Syria, yes. three and a half uh, years ago. The Battle of Aleppo. There was uh, just a an, an awful awful war in the town, the city that that you called home, the city which was considered to be one of the most beautiful cities in Syria, um, just historic, uh, suffered massive destruction, thousands of people were killed. Um, What was it like to be there at that time? It must have been horrific. Yeah, it was really a difficult time for me when I was here, a newcomer, and my whole family, my mom and dad and my two brothers, uh, it was in Aleppo back then. So for me, it was a little bit hard to just hear the news. And, you know, you can't just count on the news. I, I don't trust news all the time. So <laughs> I usually call my parents every day and check if they are all right, if they need something. Uh, because, like, every day we used to hear something bad happening in the in the city. So yeah, it was really difficult time for me. And so um, when you were still living there, though, um, was the war going on? Yeah, yeah. I left Aleppo at 2000 in the late 2014. So I spent like two years during the war. It was really difficult time, like spending days without water, without electricity. Uh, it's really dangerous place. People shoot shooting like everyone walk on the street so it was really really bad time it was a it sounded an awful time and we've seen the the video come out of there we've heard the stories that have have come out of there um did you think uh, you know when did you start thinking about i need to leave uh actually i, I get the point that i was so desperate in Aleppo and I just want to leave because the basic human uh, needs you can accomplish it in Aleppo without water without electricity and it was so dangerous and for me we have this law like uh, after if you finish school you have to go to military it's mm-hmm. mandatory so for me I got the choice even to stay in Aleppo and, call, uh, and go to the military and be part of the war or I can just escape and do something else in my life and I took my chances and I escaped to Lebanon and I spent there one year before I came here to Canada. So how does one escape from a war-torn country to Lebanon? Yeah it was also difficult for me because I didn't 
took a lot of stuff with me, just one uh, bag, and I put all the important stuff, and I went there, even though in Lebanon it was a little bit difficult because I didn't knew anyone there, and everybody told me it's a little bit hard to find a job and survive there, but I managed myself, and I find a job. You talked about putting everything that was important in a bag and then yeah. and then getting to Lebanon, but one of those things that is important that didn't fit in the bag at the time would have been your loved ones. It must have been yeah. uh, terrible leaving them. Yeah, it was so hard to leave my family. Like I was the first one going outside Syria, first one in the family, so it was a little bit hard for me to adjust my new life uh, without my family. So like every night I was filled, I felt a little bit uh, with regret because I was living in safe country and my parent was back in Aleppo at that time. So for me, it was a little bit, little bit uh, uh, not good situation. How, how does one get from Syria to Lebanon? Uh, by bus, it was really dangerous route. It took me usually before the war. It was took like five, uh, five or six hours. But during the war and all the checkpoint, it took me like twenty-two hours to get from Aleppo to Lebanon. Did you have to pay someone to help you do that? Uh, no, because no. I just graduated from school and I have all the papers, so I just fled there. So you just fled. Um, when you told your parents that you were leaving. What did that conversation sound like? Actually, my parents, they want me to leave because okay. I have a lot of, lot of friends who went to the military and they killed there. Mm. So they, they don't want to see their son get killed in Aleppo. They, so they just tell me, uh, do whatever you like, just stay away from the country. So when you say, okay, I'm, I need to get out of Lebanon now, was Canada at the top of your list? No, actually, I was just going to Lebanon. And then after after that, I was just thinking to go maybe to Europe on a boat to Germany you, you, because you heard a lot of story that Syrian yeah. refugee going through. It was really dangerous way to go. But this was my only option before I figured out that Canada just opened their door for Syrian refugee. So Canada opens their door to Syrian refugees, and it uh, it sounds like you had a bit of a an angel on on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I mentioned in studio with us this afternoon, Dr. Matthew Kostelecki, a professor in the Department of uh, Philosophy at St. Joseph's College at the at the University of Alberta. Um, Matthew, how did you get involved with SIAG? So. Um Basically, we saw the images that were coming out of Aleppo that were quite arresting, and we didn't quite know uh, what to do. But we wanted to know. We know we knew that we wanted to do something, and so we talked. We went to church actually at St. Joseph's College. So is we your family? My family, my okay. wife and I in particular, and so we really decided that we wanted to do um, something. We approached some of the other folks at the college and said we need to figure out what to do. And we weren't the only ones. There were a whole bunch of us. I mean, in the first meetings we had 40, 45 people interested in sponsoring refugees. Wow. So then through St. Joseph's College, we were able to organize four different support groups. So we had uh, the first group welcomed one family, the second group welcomed another family, and the third. And we were part of the second group. And then we got assigned essentially Basel and uh, another young man who came at it around the same time who's now living in Montreal, mm. and his name is Majd. And so these were both university-aged men so it was that's why they were placed with us through catholic social services so they placed them with us because we could help them they both had interest in going to university we're in the middle of the university of alberta we have the understanding of how the system works to help them 
access and education. Let's talk more about that system, that process, when we come back on the 6.30 Ched Afternoons on today's edition of Alberta Matters. Happy to have in studio today uh, on this edition of Alberta Matters, focusing on immigration to Canada. Um, One of the first Syrian refugees to um, make their way to Edmonton, uh, Basil I'm saying it wrong. No, no, that's right. Basil Sayeg. Yeah. Okay. Close yeah. Enough. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Matthew Kostelecki, who was was his sponsor. Now we talked about. Uh, I said, you know, there was quite the process. What was the process to sponsor him and and get him to Canada? What did that look like? Well, we had to fundraise. Mm-hmm. We had to, and so first we went through Catholic Social Services, who helped us with a template of what to do and how to do it, and we had to raise a minimum amount of money to show that we could support. Basel, and then the other young man, mm-hmm. uh, Majd, for the, for at least a year. For at least a year. And then once we had that, then we were able to go through Catholic Social Services to the Canadian government, and there was kind of like a bidding process. A family would come open, and you would, and they would say, it's a mom and a dad and six kids, do you want them? And he'd say yes, and then if you didn't respond right away, you'd lose that opportunity. Wow. And then um, Basel actually, Basel uh, and Majd were sort of inserted into the into our lo- location be- by Catholic Social Services because of their particular needs to be near a university, mm-hmm. in a university. And then from there, we got Basel's family over as well. Wow. Okay, pause on that one yeah. for a second. But you had to jump through some hoops. You were telling me uh, yeah. during the break, you know, as far as your family goes, you had to show the strength of your family, your commitment to your sure. marriage, all of that. Well, that was for my own. So I, I, I'm, I'm an immigrant. Oh, for yours. Okay. Not for his. No, 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 no. For, that was for okay. mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, confused yeah. me there. So you also, your your parents are here now? Yeah, they're here. When did they when did they arrive? They arrived uh, two and a half years ago yeah. at Christmas time. Yeah. And your brother? And my brother, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, my young brother. So that just must have been yeah. so amazing for you. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for them and suddenly they just came and just like Christmas miracle for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I was so happy to have them back. What was it like when you arrived at Edmonton Airport um and 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 met your sponsor family for the first time and you're looking around going where the heck am I? <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, for me it was big shock because the weather obviously on I arrived on December before oh. like a couple of days before Christmas. So it was so cold, but I was so relieved to see Majid, the other Syrian guys, I knew him from back home, so I saw him with Matt and uh, Michelle, his wife, so I was so relieved to see some uh, familiar faces, but uh, they were so nice, they just took me to the apartment, and I was so tired, because I was flying for more than one day, and it was everything ready for me, like there is a food in the fridge, and the house was super clean, and everything was so nice, so I felt, oh my god, it's like a dream come true. Dream come true, and is Edmonton home now yeah yeah now i became canadian citizen yes. uh, 10 days ago so i'm so proud congratulations to co- thanks thanks canadian citizen yeah it's big big Th- deal for that me. is a really really big deal and and you're doing some pretty big things here as well since you ra- arrived in edmonton um you received a president's scholarship what three years ago you graduated three months ago from the u of a with a bachelor's degree in human resources management you also have a a bachelor's degree from syria and business management you worked as a volunteer in edmonton public school helping syrian kids adjust on that front what is some of the biggest things that you're working with w- when you 
you were working with uh, the kids that had come over from Syria, what what were they facing? What were they trying to deal with? Yeah, the problem was they had kids at kindergarten, so they are five years old. They they just speak Arabic. They have zero English, so they need someone to know, and they can speak their language to help the teacher yeah. at classroom. So I was that person. I volunteered to go there and talk with them and help him to understand what the teacher saying and just having fun with the kids. And it was very good feeling for me too because I was telling them the same regular Arabic jokes <laughs> that they can understand and same silly stories so it was really nice. Now you as you worked as a bit of a teacher's assistant you work for the city in an HR role you're looking for a job now. Yeah yeah. You are looking for a job. I'm looking for a job it's a little bit stressful in the last couple of weeks because the process of hunting jobs a little bit hard but I'm still looking I'm still positive to find something th- soon. So uh, you know this is my, my final question and then we're pretty much and again, I want to I want to thank you both for sharing your story. Um, where do you see yourself when you when you think of you and your family in Canada fifty years from now? What does that look like? Yeah, for, so for me, I really like it, and it's my home now. So I'm looking forward to build my own family and work hard in my HR degree and uh, just stay with the people who I love, like my parents and my my uh, brothers. Oh, well, congratulations again, and uh, thank you for sharing your story, both of you, and, and you know, for stepping up. And, you know, when we talk about, yeah, you see some of those images on TV, it's just a, a visceral response, and, you know, people do need to, to step up and say, hey, and, and it, it, it doesn't need to be sponsoring uh, a Syrian refugee, but when you, when you feel that need to help, I mean, sometimes I think it's so important to act on it, isn't it? It is, and it, what also, it was a whole team. It wasn't yeah. just me and my wife. It was a whole group of us that really brought together uh, a group of people as a community. So I would, that's, I think, one of the lasting things is, first of all, I have a new friend yes. from Basel and his parents and his brothers, but also just our community all gathered around and we became a lot stronger because of it. 